Okay, so we are at Enemies Exposed. This is the last one in the series of Abide. This is the E. So let's just get started. Let's pray and then let's jump into it. Holy Spirit, we thank you, God. We thank you, Father, for this, this message, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing. I thank you, God, for a tornado, God, of your wind, of your fire, Father. I thank you for freedom, God. I thank you for a new wineskin, Lord. We thank you, God, that we are people that allow you to pour out your power on us, God, that we are sustainable, that we are empowered by who you are, God, that we are rooted in you, Father, that there is anything, God, that needs to be uprooted, Father, that you would use this series, God, to help people get a new rinse system in you, Holy Spirit. Expose the enemies of our mind. Expose the enemies of knowledge and doctrine and unbelief, God. Expose the hardening of the soil of people today, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Jesus, that we can see you face to face and we don't turn away from the mirror of your image, God, of your son that we would see who he is, that the church would identify and recognize who he is at all times. In the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, I hand this message to him. Let hearts be open. Let eyes be open. Let ears be open. Let us acknowledge your voice when we hear it, Father. Would you speak through me, Lord, in the name of Jesus? Amen. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> this is going to be good. We're closing it down, Jesus. All right. <laughs> like when I was praying, I was like <laughs> getting some stuff. So I kind of don't know if I even knew what this topic was. Like, here's the thing. I taught Abide a few times, but because of the time frame of me doing it, and it was like supposed to be a two-day seminar, and a lot of the times I had to do it in one day. And so the enemy exposed message, I don't know if I fully understood what it was and what the Holy Spirit was giving me, ended up condensed in all of them. And so when I was writing the book, it was weird. I was like, God had been taking me to this place of the early church and why there were so many epistles that were written to the false teaching that were in these churches. Like, literally, I got super intrigued by it. And I was like, why are you doing this? Because here's what I found out. Whenever I've gotten intrigued on a subject that I want to study, it's because God somehow ends up giving me some crazy message about it. Because there's a thing about wanting to study something just for knowledge and wanting to study something out of you and him. And there was something that God would give me where I was like, I want to understand what was happening in the early church that was against you? I want to know if it's in me, God. How is it so easy that it got into the early church that had encounters with your son? How did they get this happening to them? How did the most spiritually mature church, Ephesus, Ephesians, if you guys know anything about that book, it carries such spiritual revelation next to the book Revelations. This is a known fact in, in the Bible. It has that much revelation and wisdom. This church, two years later, Paul has to address Timothy for the doctrine of demons that got into the church. And I started going, oh, there's so much more to this. I want to understand this, God. Why are there so many of these epistles that are dealing with this? You have Colossians, you have Galatians. There's, I believe there might be some in Corinthians. Like There's multiple epistles that he has to deal with false teaching. Yet, I believe like Ephesians, there was no reprimand in the book of Ephesians. Paul always had to seem to like reprimand them for stuff, right? 
Then Timothy, he has to address the doctrine of demons got into it. This most spiritually mature church. What have we opened ourselves up to today? What have we allowed? What have we compromised with? And here was, I was like, uh, like, it got to the place where I got all the commentaries, like specific commentaries on these um, epistles. And I was like, this is really weird. Why I'm going into this? I mean, I, I did it for, I don't know, it started like a year and a half ago when I started working, like the vibe started. I was like, I started to want to understand this. Like, there's a reason God wanted me to understand this. There's a reason. Because I absolutely believe he wanted me to be aware where I had any false understanding of him. Because look how easy it got into my people back then. How much more has it gotten into the people now? And how much are we so twisted up in scripture that because we think we understand scripture, it didn't get in? No, the Gnostics, Gnosticism in the early church, false religion preached about Jesus. Preached about Jesus. Have you ever seen cults that talk about Jesus? Yes, they're out there. <laughs> I have a weird fascination with that stuff too. Because I'm like, I want to understand what this deception is that has blinded your people, God. Because I know that I've been blinded by these things. So it's not because I want to come in and knock people with knowledge and doctrine. No, I want to come in because I want to know what's on me to help other people. That's why. It's a reason to want to understand these scriptures for yourself, not for hurting people. And so I was like, oh, he's taking me into wanting to understand that like, I got the comment, these, these commentaries I wanted on Timothy. I wanted to know what this meant, the doctrine of demons that he was dealing with. What were all these false teaching and false apostles? Now, here's how I think some people like to take this. Some people like to be heretic hunters. They like to deal with the de denomination issues. Oh my goodness, there wasn't denominations back there. I didn't hear about them. There was cults, people that didn't know Jesus. There was false religions, and there was the gospel. That was it. There was not denominations. Why has the church turned into denominations over tiny little doctrinal things like baptism? Baptism divides the church. Do you know that? Water immersion versus sprinkling. <laughs> Denomination divided. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> seriously. And there could be some pushback on these subjects because of the purpose of that. But I'm sorry, I don't see that in scripture. I see him call out specific heresy in the church that just wasn't Jesus. That's it. It just wasn't preaching Jesus. It wasn't teaching Jesus. And there's so much more to it. There was so much more to it. And I was like, man, we want to divide over denominations, over things like that, yet we want holy yoga on our church campus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Oh, you can just get me started on that. Do you know what the word yoga means? <laughs> it's a false religion of bowing to gods. But we put holy in front of it. <laughs> Give me a break. And here's the thing. Here's why I can say this. I had a yoga pass for years. I went to hot yoga three times a week, <laughs> just like three years ago. I did yoga a lot. When somebody told me in Bible school, be careful of yoga, I wanted to punch her in the face. Because I was like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. This is so Christianese. We are so boxed in. Give me a break. I can't go do yoga. <laughs> what messed me up <laughs> is learning this stuff in scripture. And I was like, oh man, 
When I got a big deliverance on my life about four years ago, like a massive deliverance, all of a sudden I had my yoga pass and I couldn't go that next week. And I was like, that's weird. There's a conviction in me. Not because I think I was going to go get a demon, but I believe it was because God was telling me, I want you to know something and teach my people and do not compromise. Do not compromise. Doesn't mean I was going to go get demonized from yoga. That's not what it was. It's just the understanding. It's just learn, learn what it is. Do you know I've had to do deliverance on people that because they did the chanting and the studying of yoga, that her eyesight changed? She accepted a, a spirit, the uh, chanting to the Shiva goddess of the Hindu religion. She was chanting in it, Christian, but she wanted a higher knowledge. She wanted a, the freedom. Open my chakras. <laughs> oh, God. I can start just like, I know I've got so many problems with people that would like, because here's the thing. I don't fully understand all the things in, 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 the, in the, um, the release of energy in these new age things. I'm not here to combat you with the one-on-one -on -one with that. I want to know why you're searching for a knowledge about the one that has purchased you. Where is your knowledge trying to come from? Because <laughs> when you try to tap into what's spiritual and what feels good, it's an inward power that opens up to the doctrine of demons. And so that like opening of that, that mind, is, what I found is like she was searching for something when her mom died because she got mad at what God took her mom. And when she went to search for it, she opened herself up to the occult through the search of the higher peace. Idolatry. Idolatry. It's here. It's now. This is not just Christianese scripture idolatry. What do you raise above the knowledge of Christ? What have you opened up to the doctrine of demons? To demons. The word witchcraft in scripture, divination, actually comes from what was a, like a Greek goddess Puthon, I believe the English word is python. It was a mystical belief. Yet when this little girl was following around Paul and Peter, tormenting them. So this little girl, if you guys know the scripture, she's following them around. And she's saying to them, um, she's basically calling the men of God. It sounds like she's speaking truth to them. She had a spirit of divination, which would be translated witchcraft. All it was, they actually call it a spirit of something that came from Greek mythology. And I was like, that's very interesting. It came from just an idolatry. It came from what they call the false god. It was raised above God. They're just calling it that, recognizing it, that she opened herself to this spirit of witchcraft, a foreknowledge that came from a mythology, a false religion. How many times are we opening ourselves up to a new knowledge or an experience of something that is not God by compromise? People searching for something higher and better, the deception that comes into that. It comes from relationships. You just search for a man or a woman that gives you a feeling in your soul that produces accept that you're accepted, that you're valued. Oh, that belief system that I'm valued because that person said that I am. The idolatry in that. You open yourself up to accepting a value that is not the one of the blood that purchased you. It opens up to the mind of lies. Mind of lies because you search for a knowledge above the knowledge of Christ. You search for wanting of this desire. I'm like, man, you, I was like, I'm getting all this like, reading on divination and witchcraft. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you going to have me do tomorrow, Jesus? Am I taking a bat to something that clearly is a weird subject? Why would you?
you even have me do that on, on video? Because witchcraft isn't the way that people think it is. It is not the psychic over there. It's not the psychic over there. It's not what we like to think it is. When you see that the core root of that divination actually just came from an idolatry. Oh, it gives you a whole nother mindset into the opening up of our core value belief system. I'm like, holy yoga. <laughs> Come on. But honestly, I would have never thought anything about it if I didn't have to encounter the stuff myself and have to get a girl that got so taken down from wanting to study something that gave her a higher power in knowing. And man, what happened to her? This girl's story is a trip in the church from chanting and from this and from that. That's the first time I encountered it face to face. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm like, oh man, if people even knew. I had no idea. She's going in and just believing that this is like this thing. No, but she's in a place where they're doing things, bowing down to a God without knowledge and understanding of what she was doing. My people perish from a lack of knowledge. Man, I've encountered so many things where people are carrying this, this, this thing on them that they would feel is prophetic and unknowing when they're tapping into a soulish thing. They're not actually tapping into the spirit of God in truth because what they tap into gives them control. Manipulation, people, control. There's a lot of people that just operate in manipulation and have no idea what they're walking, out of, walking in. Like just straight up manipulation. How do you manipulate someone's emotions? Like knowing things ahead of time, knowing if you do this there and hit them in that area, you can commit and manipulate their response in their life. If people don't understand that that's a spirit, a manipulation and control, opening themselves up to, that they're walking in something that they feel almost could be empowering, an empowerment. And I feel like God is saying, my people, from a lack of knowledge and understanding, this stuff got into the early church and it may be said to be different. And people don't think it's today, but it's all over the, the place and it's blinding people. Why do you compromise just because we want to put the word holy before yoga and put it in the church? Because that'll bring more people in. Because everybody likes to work out nowadays, especially in Orange County. So let me get people at my church facility doing these things. Compromise. It's compromise. It's a lack of knowledge of knowing these things aren't okay. But until we know the word of God and understand how much we have to protect our mind from needing needing the control, needing the knowledge, needing the things in our life. Because when you walk in a place where it's his knowledge, things get very messy. People don't like mess. They like structure, control, understanding, knowing, moving the right way, and things to be good. Get my blessing, get my good stuff. And when God's like, no, when my spirit comes in, it gets messy. I'm going to shift all this stuff around and move it around in your life that you're going to be in so much peace. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun when we get our eyes open to those things. And I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking enemies exposed. The message of enemies exposed, Jesus, is going to be like telling people about how they have the fear. How is the fear come in resistance to you claiming the promised land? And then helping them walk in the promised land, right? Helping them grab hold of the promised land. That's what's going to be. I was like, oh, no. You are having me come in like a full-blown, what are the biggest enemies in the mind in the church today? It's like taking me to this place of the distortion of truth that's gotten in. 
the distortion, the twisted stuff that's gotten into the Mayans today. I realize every day I have an opportunity to take it. Every day when you want to self-soothe, we have the opportunity to take it. The human knowledge, the human wisdom in the self-soothing man is the fixing of the stuff around us. It's the fixing of us. It's the repairing. It's the natural repair. It's why somebody goes and gets, you know, Reiki done or goes and does these healing things that, that seem okay. And yet if they studied it out and understood the background of what's going on, they would understand that that's not okay. They understand that it's, there are things, yes, that we can go after in our lives, as in that we need healing. I mean, I am the, one of the biggest ones that's battled neck, back, stomach issues, and I've had to go to all different types of therapies and treatments. And it's not that I'm saying that the church, and we shouldn't go do those things all 100%. You do. Just know what you're doing. Be aware of what, where you go, what you're getting, what, what is behind some of the treatments that people get done today. Why, why that clearly I seriously feel like the Holy Spirit is like <laughs> laying this on me like this, like to get our eyes open. I did a lot of like stuff to try to fix some of my problems and realize I was like, oh my gosh, an awareness to what new age is, it's too much in the church today. It's way too much in the church today. There's so many people operating in the new age, in the new age stuff, that we need to understand what it is. And so, um, okay, Galatians 5, 16 and 17. What I say is this, let the spirit direct your lives and you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature for what our human nature wants is opposed to what the spirit wants and what the spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies and this means that you cannot do what you want to do. <laughs> that sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's true, right? It's like, man, they're enemies. And then he goes on and he starts talking about what the things are of our lives. He mentions witchcraft. He mentions drunkenness. And then he says, the fruit of the spirit are peace and joy, self-control. When he wants to control it. No, when he wants to say, uh, let it go. Sometimes self-control means giving control to him. <laughs> Meaning you might look like a fool because of it. I don't know what, what our problem is. Is like, man, when the Holy Spirit drops peace, it's like nothing like Xanax. <laughs> I had the peace of Xanax for many years. And then I got to experience his peace, and I was like, whoa, that is nothing like the Xanax that I was on for years, Jesus. That's a whole other level of peace when we get to know you that way. Joy, <laughs> the level of joy. When you are glued to the ground, cracking up because you don't care what people think, didn't come for me until I said, God, I'm done with my dignity. Let my self-control be your self-control. Let me not matter anymore. So if you make me a fool in front of people, I just say it's okay. Because we can't figure you out. And when we do, we operate in a spirit of control and manipulation and witchcraft as a church. When we want to control his spirit, we are boxing him out of it. We are an old wineskin that can't carry a new wine. The new wineskin is going to be thick and it's going to endure. It's going to endure. It's going to have the ability to carry what he wants to do. Right now, he just wants to let go. He wants, you to, he wants us to let go of that old so that we can see him for who he is. That all the mindsets and reason of him that you may have to take back and place in a mirror and say, does this align with the image of Jesus Christ that you say that I am? 
How do I live my life? How do I operate? How do I see? I truly believe that there has been such a sneaky distortion of truth that has gotten in, that has been so wrapped up in scripture that it has bound people. It has bound them. Because we no longer see God. We either see this over there or we have reasoned scripture out without wisdom and revelation. So, my three topics that I felt like God gave me for this was distortion of truth, expose the lie, and reveal the spirit. It's very interesting. When that girl was following Peter and Paul around, this is what she's saying. These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. That doesn't sound demonic. <laughs> sounds Actually, that's true. How did Paul identify that that was not from God? He must have known God. So that wasn't, this isn't God. She was following him around, I guess would be considered blaspheming. How are you going to know, unless you're full of God, what blaspheming is of, of, of truth? Because if he was full of pride, that girl would have made him feel good, what she was doing. We accept things in the church that make us feel good because they're wrapped up in something that seems like truth and it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. There was a reason that he recognized that wasn't from God. There was a reason. He knew. And I just think it's very interesting that this girl was speaking something that almost sounds empowering <laughs> would make him feel good. He identified it. The demon gets cast out of the girl, and they get mad at him because the, the, what, uh, the, the, the people, I don't know if it was her parents or whatever, she was a source of income, being, you know, having the foreknowledge, the spirit of divination, okay? The way he cast it out of her, they go and take Peter and Paul and go, like, stone them. Take them and go do something crazy to them. They're angry. We don't like what you just did. When all they did was speak truth and identifying something that was blaspheming, they weren't okay with it. Sometimes when your life grabs hold and gets rid of all the blaspheming stuff around you, there could be pushback and you're not accepted because you're walking in a place of revelation and truth, of intimacy with him that doesn't always look right to people. And Suffering and opposition, persecution is part of it. And we should count it all joy. <laughs> That's a messy scripture. <laughs> count it all joy. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak to you by the Spirit. You must test them and see if the Spirit that comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Oh, I got a good example of this. <laughs> this is funny. I wrote this into my book. <laughs> I'm glad these people aren't here. I had a concern that... Okay, I'm going to sh shut up. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so here's what happened a few weeks ago. So, well, it's been a little while. A couple months. Um, I was doing a ministry thing here, okay? And 
Uh, like when I pray, I can look a little crazy. This is not something that I always happened to me. It happened the more that I laid down my life before Jesus. And sometimes people have a problem with it. And all I can say is I don't know, but Jesus works. So it just happens and you gotta deal with it. <laughs> you wanna get delivered, deal with it. So, <laughs> and, I, and I believe like, whatever. Okay, so anyways, I had this woman show up. And she came a couple times and I ministered to her and everything. And she was speaking lots of scripture to everybody in the room. That's how she was um, like ministering to them. Nothing, honestly, nothing wrong with it. I thought it was like awesome. I was like, this is cool, whatever. She walks me out to my car the second time she meets me and she says that she has a word from God for me of like, was it Galatians 2? It was when Paul calls out Peter for misguiding people because he, um, what did he do? He like ate, I know somebody in here knows, he ate with like um, people he wasn't supposed to eat with or something, Gentiles or something. Okay, so Paul calls him out for hypocrisy. She basically has a word from God that I have been misleading people and that I am doing things in order to um, bring my own glory type of a thing. And um, and uh, says something about, you know, what I look like and what I do in prayer. So let's just see, say, the loving love of Jesus did not come over me immediately. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I had a little bit of my, and then go, Holy Spirit, shut me down. Because I can be a little mouthy when I'm like old Sarah. Okay. I'm mostly new Sarah. Okay. Mostly. So, and I was like, and it took me a minute because I'm like sitting here. You have met me twice. Um, I've ministered to you, and you are coming in from a word of God telling me what my heart is. Um, and Holy Spirit shut me down, man. He gave me so much love to see that she cared for the people there. She believed she had a word of God from me. And if that would have happened to me two years ago, you know what that would have done? Devastated me. I would have gone home horrified. Like, oh my gosh, God, please, if my heart is off, did you really, did I really do that? Blah, 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 whatever, whatever. That would have taken me to a dark place. The moment that she's speaking, man, I had gotten so intimate with God through the refining of the fire that I'd been through, knowing that it had been so hard what had begun to happen to me in prayer, that I was so grounded in him and truth that I knew that that was not from his mouth. But yet was I to come to it in judgment? No. Because that woman believes she heard from God. But I truly believe that she had a twist of the character of God. And because there was a twist of his character and his love for somebody, that she opened herself up to a misleading and misguiding that came in as a sword to hurt somebody rather than to refine them with love. God refines with love. Amen. How he would work in that situation of me just doing a night of ministry, if that really was from him, he would have told me, first of all. I can hear his voice. Do you hear his voice? Would you be able to say, I know his voice. I don't need to receive a person's voice over his voice because I know his voice. Does that mean if somebody comes in here with something that sounds so much like truth, even when it's wrapped in scripture, that you hear it above what's in you? That was the test I walked into. I was like, God, I know you. Give me love for this. This isn't from you, but how can I love her? Because she does know you. She is saved. But she just opened herself up from a word from God that was from the pit of hell. Oh, how easily we could do that. Jesus had to look at Peter and say, Satan, get behind me because you twisted the will of the Father. Mm -hmm. Suffering was for me to get life, yet you didn't want to see the suffering for me. Peter wanted. Jesus, okay. 
you're not gonna die. It's okay. I'm like, oh, how we can just twist stuff? It just happens like that fast, that, that fast. We even knew. So I was like, okay, I got another good example. I'm writing you into my book. <laughs> she got written into the book two days later, <laughs> into the place of expose the lie. I was like literally ending the abide book and I was dealing with this. I was like, man, that's a perfect example of how we can be encountered even just with people that do know God, but can use scripture and deceive us if we go by it. If we don't know his character in him ourselves, that everything that is from his word aligns with his spirit on the inside of us. It's a soft soil. It's a heart that's not calloused. My heart had been so ripped and uncalloused in these last couple years that man, I was too close to God for that woman to touch me. She couldn't touch me, but yet earlier she could have. There was stuff I dealt with with rejection at my church that a couple months ago could have touched me, a few months ago could have touched me. But as the uprooting of the system has come into my life, which has come from pain and rejection, that foundation came that when the lies came in, they hit a filter of truth. That even when it felt like other people could reject or didn't make sense or could put a truth that made sense to your human reason and your wisdom, yet God says, no, it's not for you. It's not you. It's not for you. There's something in that, that we have to know God in ourselves before we try to get him from people. Test the spirit from what we're taught. Test what comes by what's inside of you. The early church opened themselves up to false things that were wrapped up. What was it, like Galatians or something opened up to Judaizers, meaning that they wanted to add the law to Christianity, the gospel. They want to add the law. The Jewish law wanted to be added on. Sometimes we get presented things that want to add on to truth, that want to add on to the firm foundation because it looks great. And there's ways we can, we think we prove it. And so I believe that there's like this space of like, God, I don't think I could have recognized that that wasn't from you. And I think I would have been really hurt and offended. That would have messed me up in my ministry if I hadn't been intimate with, the, with your spirit on the inside of me. Because I've had, you can have people that might even come and present you a scripture that actually makes perfect sense. Yet God saying, you don't know my wisdom. You don't know my wisdom. Know my wisdom on that. Know my wisdom on that. It may look different when you get the wisdom on that. But all of a sudden gives you new ears, new eyes. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, that God, he wants us to have these eyes that are so rooted and firmly found in him that the filters only go through a filter of truth. We are not a landing strip for the enemy. We are not a compromising church that allows these things in through the, through the side door because our church gets bigger. And it draws people in. Draw them in. Draw them in. I think Jesus was quite offensive. What drew people to him was love and power. Amen. Love and power and truth. Truth hurts. I have such a problem with it. I think it's so funny that people that get their panties in a knot over a convicting message. And it's like, like, like a smack, a smacky message. I love them. 
I love them because I'm like, if I don't have something that is rubbing up against me to refine me, what am I doing? I'm bored. I want to be refined. I want what this says. And too much of the church, oh, I'm just uncomfortable. She was offensive. She said crap or pissed. And I don't like how she yelled. I'm like, when I hear people that say that Joyce Meyer is offensive, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? Because she has a strong voice. Get your panties out of a knot. <laughs> Bam! Sorry, I should end this. It's serious, though. Like, why are we so, like, it's okay to get refined and, like, convicted that makes you go home and go, let me look at that, God. Was there truth in that? Or, you know, like, hey, if you're annoyed by half my message, then spit it out and take the rest. <laughs> you know how you gotta listen to somebody and it's like spit out the hay sometimes you gotta spit out the hay of a personality <laughs> it takes some truth we are so caught up in what is offended what is, makes us uncomfortable like I'm like we're such a sensitive Sally like we just want to be so seeker friendly make everything okay pat you on the back and put a diaper on you and it's like dude offend me <laughs> like if I was the one in Jesus' thing I just, who just wanted to make him king in John 6 all the people are chasing him down wanting to make him king then he comes back with a message and says I am the eternal life you can eat and drink me they said this is too hard for us I'm sorry we gotta leave we got, they got offended all of them left but the disciples I'm like it's, it's true like we get offended so easily and pay attention to what rubs you wrong with something Sometimes what's rubbing you wrong is to rub you right. right. And I'm like, and we just get so like, oh, again, yeah. And it's like, if we stopped doing that with stuff and we got open and pay attention to people's heart, like pay attention to the heart behind something. Because sometimes come, people come in to patty cake you and their heart is not aligned with his heart. God sometimes will come in and say, I love you so much. Will you get to know me? Let me shred the outside. Let me shred it. It's okay to get spanked by the Holy Spirit. When you understand that that spanking is pure love and power, it'll mess you up. And like for the church to get unoffended, get over it. There's a lot of message that can get people like all knotted up. I'm like, there really is. I'm like, over the offense of that or just the power of righteousness. There's, there could be a knot in not understanding because false humility in the church will not receive the message of righteousness. Because the sin conscious wants to receive, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You who are preaching that over there, oh, you're prideful. That's the spirit of religion. It's the same consciousness, and, and they don't understand it because they think it's humility and meekness. No, it's not. It's a false humility. Humility is aligned with Jesus Christ and who he says you are. Who he says you are. Meaning there's a power in, in it that's pure love. It is pure love and power. There's people that can't receive that message because it's twisted. Oh, I've heard that, you know, the preacher said you have the same DNA as Jesus Christ. And somebody flipped their lid on that message. How dare they say that? that that's whatever, heresy or something and this and that. Instead of saying, oh, I can see behind what he's saying. We are an heir to the throne. You filter it in truth. Maybe those words aren't words. Jesus is DNA. You have the same DNA in scripture. But you understand the filter of the truth of the power of that instead of a sin-conscious mind that wants to go to the other way and think it's humble because I'm living 
that I am a sinner and I'm saved by grace. Amen. Man, there's so many filters on us. So many filters on us every day. Every day I have to battle this. Every day I have to battle. I want to know these things, God. Holy Spirit, what is this? Every day I want to get on my knees before him to get shattered, shattered of the foundation and the false roofs that's been put on me through religion, through the church, through death, through pain, through the devil. And to figure out all that stuff within our lives only takes an encountering of power. It takes an encountering of power in a church that wants to run after this and wants to run after him. It's lighting people's butts on fire. <laughs> light their feet on fire. So I feel like God, God wants me to get, let's light people on fire. Let's go after this, man. And when you grab the power, when you grab hold of the truth of who I am, your whole life is going to shift. And it's all you're going to want. Him. Him. It's a new way of living. I want to pray, and I I want to pray some things into this room and into the into the like people watching. Because here's what I believe: I believe that the Holy Spirit is uprooting things in our lives that we didn't recognize could be the resistance of grabbing this promised land and this eternal mindset from Jesus Christ that he's given to us. And it's the, rem the removing of these things, letting it come up, whether it has to be the repentance of the letting go, the repentance of allowing scripture to dominate intimacy, meaning you gave more power to knowledge than you did to knowing him. Bringing them back together. You can't know him without knowing his word. But too many people know his word without knowing him. To know him in ways that may not make sense. That you've never understood before. That are beyond any box of the natural and the human minds and the reasoning of life. That you go home and no matter what happens, whether it's a fight with your husband, whether it's a fight with your wife, whether it's a child getting sick, whether it's a loss of a job, whether it's a, a, a crippling fatal illness, that you are so grounded and found in him that that peace and that rest of that eternal mindset sustains you through everything. You have pure power and joy and hope and peace in him. There's things that will come up in people to be released and just almost repent and lay it before him. Lay it before him, the things that the Holy Spirit is showing that are within the mind, that are the strongholds, are in the resistance, that are keeping you from the abiding in the vine, abiding in him and knowing him. And what that is coming up within people. And I'm just going to let, I'm just going to pray over people. Um, and I want people to pray into their quiet time, whether they're at home watching this video, you guys in the room, I want you to bring it. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to, to bring it up to, into your hearts, into your minds. Holy Spirit, I ask right now into this room and in this video, God, in the name of Jesus, bring in clarity and revelation. I pray that you bring up into the soul, Father, anything that comes in resistance to you, anything that we need to lay before you, God, any false idolatries, any witchcraft, God, any religious spirits, anything that we've been indoctrinated with, anything of unbelief, Father, that we place it up, God, any person that we've put above you, God, that it would come up into 
people's hearts and minds, God, that they would play it Place it on an altar before you, that you would come in to give full residence, Father, to take them into this land of freedom and promises, God, in you, an eternal mind, a mind of Christ, God. Holy Spirit, bring it up into their hearts. Ask people right now, if you feel his presence on you and your heart beating and shifting in a power, just him talking to you, telling you you have to let this come up for you, to let go, to go deeper. Holy Spirit, that you would speak to these people in the moment, God, whatever you want to say to us, Lord, so that you can shift and bring in a new soil, God, a new foundation, a new root system that is in him. Holy Spirit, uproot the lies of theology in the name of Jesus. Uproot the lies, God, that have been boxed in and have boxed you in, God. Uproot any idolatry that we have placed above you, Father. Any fake foundations, any fake rooting systems, God. I ask your peace and your presence to drop on people here today, God. To give us a soft soil, God, and a new wineskin, God, that's thick unto you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to drop through this video. I ask in people's homes, Lord, that they get an encountering of you, God, that even the atmosphere and where they are at, Father, clears in the name of Jesus, shift it. Ask you to shift it in peace that ears can hear, God. I ask you to release a fire right now, Father, on people in Jesus' name, Lord, a removal of the old, Father, Bring in the new, Holy Spirit, that you would release the new in the name of Jesus. Anything in resistance to that, go. Release the minds, God. Release them in here. I ask you to release them in Jesus' name, to be enlightened unto truth, Father. Heaviness, go. That we would know you more, Father. In the name of Jesus. And so I just want to, I want, I feel like the Holy Spirit, he wants to shift hearts. That people would be open to see him in ways that they never thought they could. And that these false realities of his face that have been in people's lives that they worshipped above him has been almost a worship of demons because they've given the face of Jesus to a lie. He's, you've given the face of Jesus to a lie. I remember like one time I felt like God told me, you worship the enemy because you believed that I stole from you. You believe that I was a character that killed your mom or killed your sister to make a story out of you. And that was the God you worshipped. You worshipped a face of my son that wasn't a face of him. You worshipped the enemy. Luciferian doctrine of his character is what I worshipped. Because I worshipped a God that I saw as a thief. We have placed the face of Jesus on the enemy's transactions and his movement 
We have placed him on it. And we have taken off his face on his true movement and we've put the devil's face on it. He is moving in ways that the church is not recognizing. They place a false Jesus on stuff and they've boxed in a pretty little devil with a nice little religious bow. God wants people to be open to something they've never recognized before because of the lies and the things they've been under their entire life. And if we don't think that this can get in our lives today, yet it got into the church that knew Jesus face to face, then we are under bigger deception than we realize. To not know that. God is shifting hearts, the hearts that are ready, that are going to be open to being uncalloused and not hardened. And the ones that want to stay calloused and hardened, then I'm sorry for you. He's looking for a heart that wants to know him. That wants to know him. That's open to being broken down to know him. It's a new way of living, and it's his love, his pure love for his church, his pure, pure, pure love, his pure love. We've twisted his character for too long. We've twisted who he is for too long because of what we've experienced. Jesus saw love the entire time that he laid down his life and was nailed in the most despicable manner of death. He saw love. He questioned God, but he saw love in the most despicable manner. The Son of God, God himself, was crucified in the most horrific way anybody could be killed. Yet for God that loved, he loved. How do we lay down our lives for that? A church that knows that love without twisted deception. It's what he's coming back for. It's what he looks for. He wants us to know him. That the end of this, that the closing of whatever this is, abide, whatever this is, I believe it's from him, is to learn this abiding in this truth. This truth of him. The fire and the refinement will shift your entire life when you know a God like this. This wisdom of a God that crucified himself for us, laid it down. Why can't we lay it down for him? I speak love over this room. I speak love over people watching this. I speak a message of love that they would see his love, that condemnation, guilt, and shame would go that guilt and shame would go, that love is what is seen, God, that we would be a people that sees your love, Father. Let our eyes be open. Let the blinding and the dullness come off of us, God, to see just your love, Holy Spirit. I release a presence of love into this room and to the people watching, God, that the love of God breaks down all walls, God, in the name of Jesus. It softens hearts, Father. We want to know you that way, Father. Have your, have your way, God. In your name, Holy Spirit. In your name, Jesus. Amen.